Hello and welcome to the final LA Unified Special Strike Edition episode of PodClass. My name is Jason West. I can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under the username at TeachMeMrWest. You can also email me at PodClassPod, that's PodClassPod, at gmail.com. So, the long national nightmare has ended. The LA Unified strike has ended after six days of striking, various demands being thrown around, and ultimately, where did we end up? I mean, kind of right where they started. Uh, not, not the best deal from my vantage point, but I am also an outsider. I'm not part of that district. Hard for me to really give my opinion on, on something that I haven't experienced, but just from an outsider's perspective and having spoken to many LA Unified teachers and parents over the last six days, uh, pretty shocking how this whole strike came to an end. So I called back my very first LA Unified Very Special Strike Edition pod class guest, Amanda Tooley. I called her back onto the show to to reflect on this whole strike process, what it was like. We went over the new agreement. I mean, not every single item on the new agreement, but we did go over the major sticking points that led to this strike. And we talked about whether or not she felt the teachers got a good deal, whether or not UTLA lived up to their end of the bargain in terms of how they fought for what the teachers had demanded, what they felt was best for kids. And suffice it to say, a lot of teachers, including Amanda, feel very mixed emotions about the end of this strike. They are happy to be back in the classroom, but at the same time, they kind of feel like they got a whole lot of nothing out of this, and they lost a week of time with their students. They lost a week's worth of salary. They lost public opinion, frankly, you know, fighting for what was right and ultimately what felt like they just kind of caved, even though a lot of teachers didn't want to cave. We also talked a bit about how many teachers are unhappy with this deal, and yet, according to UTLA, they had over 80-85% to of teachers vote yes to end this strike. They called it a super majority. So, We talked a bit about how those two ends don't seem to be connecting right now and where she goes from here in terms of all the LA Unified teachers, where California teachers uh, go from here because there are a few teachers unions up north in Northern California who are on the verge of striking and what are some of the takeaways that these districts and unions can take away from what happened here in LA Unified. It's a really good interview. Uh, It went much longer than the half hour that these have normally gone. It's not really a mini pod anymore. It's, uh, you know, verging on around 50 minutes. So uh, let's let's just get right to it, shall we? Uh, Again, no fake commercial break, even though it is kind of a celebration because the strike is over. uh, It's kind of a subdued celebration as well. Uh, It's kind of like how the LA Rams must have felt after getting their first trip to the Super Bowl on maybe the worst call in the history of the NFL. So we're going to celebrate. We're not going to be showy about it. 
All right, let's get the show started. We are back as Southern California tends to be with sunny weather, clear skies, a bit chilly, but uh, hey, none of the weather really matters because the LAUSD strike is over. Teachers are back in the classroom and back with me today is Amanda Tooley. We're going to do a bit of a recap on the strike. We're going to talk about this agreement that the teachers uh, union has reached with the district and where teachers in LA go from here. Uh, hi, Amanda. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> Feel good to be back inside of a classroom after uh, six days? Yes. This was my first day back. So we're recording on the day we came back. So it was so wonderful to see my students again and give them hugs and love and actually teach. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> what a novel concept. Did your kids uh, high five you and celebrate like a in the end of some movie where the, the 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 hero comes home and the whole village celebrates? Uh, a little bit. We definitely had like just, you know, overall like excitement to all be together. Uh, a lot of my parents kept their uh, child home in solidarity. So a lot of them actually hadn't seen each other for over a week. So just in general, it was a very exciting day for all of us. And we spent actually a good 30 minutes uh answering their questions, talking about how we feel, me kind of laying out what happened and why a little bit more in depth um, now that it went on for six days, because they had questions about like, well, will this happen again, you know, or, uh, and uh, what did we get out of it as students? So I, you know, we had a very in-depth discussion today about it. Yeah, I'm actually, I was part of this Facebook group called Parents Who Support LAUSD Teachers. And the majority of the people posting on that by the end of the strike were basically, you know, saying, hey, you know, it, if the teachers continue to strike, we will support them. But man, we hope it does end because childcare is expensive. <laughs> they forget. They forget that the public school is free childcare. Yeah. Yeah. For real. And boy, were they made aware of it for the last week. Yeah. It's it's there was a few signs about that, too, as well, which were hilarious. So. Yeah. So you are back. Let's talk about this agreement a little bit. I have heard, mm, let's say, mixed reviews on on this agreement. What have you been hearing from your colleagues? Um, very much the same thing. And I personally am very uh, negative, I guess we could say, toward it. Um, I I know we they were bargaining day in, day out for four days. However, the end result of that, if you look at um, the previous agreement that was put on the table before we went on strike, it is very similar to that agreement. It's almost like we went on strike for no reason to, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. There are a few things in there that it was like, oh, wow, that's a great win, but it's only a few. And for someone... Uh, like me and for many other teachers who just gave up seven days worth of their paycheck, which is about a third of our paycheck for fe February, 
it was a little disheartening of how it was handled as well as what was in the contract when we did finally get to read it. So let's talk about that. I have this agreement uh, in front of me, actually. So let's sort of, we're not going to go through every single item on it because it's uh, three pages with about 50 different bullet points. But we'll talk about the big ones that everyone is talking about with the strike, right? Okay. Uh, so the privatization charter cap says the Board of Education will vote on a resolution calling on the state to establish a charter school cap and the creation of a governor's committee on charter schools at the next Board of Education meeting. Yes. That's it. That is it. That is all we got in terms of uh, capping charter schools and privatization in our district. And once again, that's there's a lot of hearsay in that. You know, there's a lot of vague language. There's a lot of that. Well, it, might says, not- it says we're gonna. It says we're gonna vote on it. it doesn't yeah. say we're gonna vote yes or exactly. No, exactly. Just, yeah, we'll just, vote on it. It's just there. You know, it's it was very much an appeasement rather than an actual call to yes, we're gonna do it. You know. Mm-hmm. Next one was school funding. <laughs> UTLA, LAUSD, and the mayor's office will jointly advocate for the increased county and state funding. Yeah. And that's essentially it. That's it. That is all we got. So we actually, uh, if you really look at the contract, I there's very little dip into the funds that are there currently. And that itself, just like the previous one, it's like, it's like, oh, we're gonna try. Hope we get it. You know, it's so it's really kind of um, we're, you know, them asking us to put good faith in LAUSD when they have not shown us good faith in return. So the next big one was class size. Oh. This is one of the biggest ones for striking teachers. Mm-hmm. And it says here, an immediate reduction of seven students in secondary math and English classes. This is along with a complete elimination of section 1.5 which had previously allowed the district to unilaterally ignore all class size averages and caps. So it says in 2019-2020, there will be a reduction of one student per grade level and that there will be a cap that it says in their language from an unenforceable 46 to a now enforceable 39 for ELA and math. And then it says in 2021, a reduction of one student and then in 21-22, a reduction of two additional students. So now we've reduced by a total of four students over the next three years. And then it says effective by 2022, the district shall comply with the class size averages and maximums in section 2.0 of the contract. It's a lot of language there. Mm-hmm. And I apologize for reading the whole thing to the audience. But Let's sort of unpack this because this is a really big deal. Talk talk about section 1.5. That was what we would consider the the biggest win. Um, In my opinion, probably the only true win, I think, of the contract. Um, Once again, that is my opinion, though. I don't want to speak for all LAUSD teachers. So section 1.5 has been in um, the LAUSD articles for about 20 years now. And I don't know the full history on it. I actually have not had a chance to really dive deep into that history. Um, one of the main things it does do is allow all classrooms from TK all the way into high school to basically go over the caps. So LAUSD could say, oh, we don't have money to hire another teacher. You're going you're gonna to have to put all the students into this classroom. 
So that's how you end up with high school classes that have 40 plus students. That's how you end up with middle school classes in similar situations. That's how you end up with kindergarten classes having 30 kinders. So instead of the money being put into it, um, LAUSD was able to use this section 1.5 as an excuse to not to go against any um, classroom cap sizes. And uh, California actually has a law per se that says that um, TK through three should have 24 students and then fourth through fifth, I believe it's 30 to 32 students. And then it goes up from there. So that this section 1.5 basically allowed them to go over that and um, not adhere to that kind of suggestion, I guess you can say from California, since they didn't follow it. By getting rid of it now, though, they have to um, go with whatever the contract tells them. So this particular contract says that they have to keep it at 39 students in ELA and math. And I want to say that very specifically because that's an issue with it. it is that only specifically says ELA and math. This is where secondary. we're starting to get into the uh, mixed reviews portion of the, the agreement here because this mm-hmm. only starts at the earliest in fourth grade classes. So it completely leaves out kindergarten, first, second, and third grade teachers. Not quite, actually. Um, there's actually another section um, that, said, that actually um, talks about TK through three uh, and that it puts a cap on them at 28. That's not what we wanted ever. That's exactly where most of our kinder classes are is at 28. Um, the cap we wanted was 24 or even lower. Like in an ideal world, we would love to have, you know, 22, 20, but that's ideal. We were trying to be as realistic as possible. We believe the cap for TK and three should be what the standards are in California, which was 24. However, the language says TK through three, 24 to 27, it cannot go above 28 plus. And then the secondary, it applies actually to middle school and um, high school. You could say fourth and fifth is applied in that ranking, but there is no language involving fourth and fifth grade because we're considered upper elementary. Um, so there is a there is a bit of concern for fourth and fifth grade elementary teachers, me being included, of what's the cap then for fifth grade? Because I do know fifth grade teachers who do have over 32 students in their classroom. And there's nothing about that cap in, in that language. So when the last proposal came down from the district that UTLA resoundly rejected, one of the things mm-hmm. that it said in there, and one of the things that the district tried to put out there to the public was we offered to significantly, that's what their word was, quote, significantly reduce class sizes by two students in elementary, two students in high school. And everyone laughed about how insignificant that was. And now here we are yes, looking at 2019-2020 reduction of one student, 2020-2021 another student, and 21-22 yes. two more students. So reducing four over the next three years. Tell me why that wasn't laughable compared to the last offer that they put out. I- in my opinion, it very much was a huge issue that happened 
yesterday and many teachers were flustered and will a lot of them I know agree because I've talked with them on this was whether they voted yes or no they gave us the contract and told us we have basically two hours to read through a 40 page contract dissect the language of the contract and then vote a yes or no by 5 p.m most people were at grand so they had to then commute back to their sites open up the contract at their site and then vote on it some people you, you had to open it up at your school site yeah they, well like we could open it up obviously on the drive but a lot of people wanted to, you know to open it up together discuss as a school site what are we mm-hmm. looking at you know because we've been doing this you know for six days straight so we really wanted that unity and that discussion really putting things on the table like what should we do so really being put in this kind of position almost immediately of you need to look over this contract. Also, we were being told beforehand that you got everything you wanted, basically, like everything that you've been fighting for. Yes, we didn't get all the things, but we got most of the things. The way they made it sound made it sound like we got everything we needed in terms of students, in terms of class size reduction, in terms of special ed. They really you know, pitched it to us basically is the best way to put it when we were down at Grand. And if I could actually read, this is what their their language was to the teachers at the end of the tentative agreement here. It says, mm-hmm. this is a historic victory for educators, students, and parents. Class size reductions, limits on testing, access to nurses, counselors, and librarians will change our students' lives forever. We won this victory through our unity, our action, and our shared sacrifice. Vote yes. Unquote. Yep. They they literally pitched it and then told us how to vote. So just thinking about democracy and, and how that works, you know, it was very, it was very uh pushed. It was it felt very against our opinions about the contract. Uh, we as teachers did not have time to ask questions on the contract. So there was immediately a lot of questions about this class size reduction. Immediately. Uh, We did not get any real feedback on that until I believe they released a video um, explaining it from the bargaining team around, it was like 4.35 when they finally released that video. And that's really late because they were expecting us to put in our vote by five. So, So there was just this kind of rush sense of, we need to get this vote in because we want teachers back in their classroom by Wednesday. But then harken back to why we started striking, it, we're striking for our students. So we would much rather sit down and read through this contract and really understand this contract for one more day and give up one more day in order to vote properly so that way we know we're getting the best we can with our, for our students. And like I said, we didn't even get a chance to really question it. Those of us that did were able to sit down and really read it and pull it apart and kind of understand it and what was going on. Um, a lot of us ended up voting no. Some of us, some of some teachers I know voted yes that I know because they're, they were hitting, you know, a financial wall. So there's a lot, there was a lot of things. And then just the stress of having to, you know, you got to vote now within two hours. That stress alone after being on strike for this long was, you know, just, it was a lot. So I, a lot of, I think a lot of the language definitely confused teachers and just the fact that UTLA very much pitched it out and the mayor pitched it out as 
you're not going to get anything better, even though we had something better on the table before the strike. Now, I have kind of a separate question for you. Uh, This is just more as somebody who is uh, on the path to being an admin. The the thing that struck me was for class sizes, it said an immediate reduction of seven students in secondary math and English classes. And I just wonder, could this be a little bit of a, you know, dog catching the car in that this is about to become a logistical nightmare to move all these students around seven students in every single secondary math and English class? Oh, uh, definitely. And there's that. (laughs) And And notice like the language, once again, we can go back to that language is it just says ELA and math. And it had that language in the, um, the agreement they put on the table before we went on strike as well, where they said, you know, reduce it in the English language arts and math classes. And no one wanted that because they were like, we still have overflowing science classes. We still have overflowing, um, PE classes. We still have overflowing um, social studies classes. So you have all these other classes overflowing. It's not just English language, arts, and math. So you, you're definitely going to have you know, this, okay, where do we put these students? Or you're going to have a, a readjustment of teachers' jobs. You know, Because you can have, you, know, you might be able to say, like one teacher might be able to be another English teacher and just take on more kids in their social studies class. So you're, you, might have, you might see other classes impacted beyond the ELA and math classes in high school now, that their class size might have been you know, 30, but now they're going to get rid of a social studies class and just shove 20 more students into that class. So we might start seeing a higher impact at, in these other classes because of this side of the proposal. So if we go forward on this agreement to salary, you get a 3% retro salary increase for the 2017-2018 school year and a 3% salary increase retro to July 1st of 2018. So basically a 3% increase for last year's salary and a 3% increase for this year's salary. Yes. Talk about your feelings on that. I'm I'm personally, I'm fine with that. Uh, for me, uh, I would love to have a more livable wage and that will definitely give me a more livable wage uh, in LA. So I'm happy with the salary. They've had that on the table, though, since the beginning. They tried to basically bait us with that, say, oh, we'll give you your salary, and that's it. So for me, it has never really been about the salary because you know we could have taken that months ago and, walk, and walked, you know, been done, no strike, nothing. But we really wanted to push for something better for our students, better for LAUSD, and just a better public education overall. Uh, And so that's the fight that I was really focusing on. Um, Yeah, I'm glad that I got the salary increase, but there's a lot of other things that I I honestly, for me personally, I would have given up instead of having another 3%, you know? So so that's kind of where that disappointment comes in most. Yeah. Uh, So now we're just going to go a little bit faster with nurses librarians and counselors for nurses they said for the by the 2021 school year the district will have hired enough full-time nurses to have a full-time nurse at every school five days a week for librarians they said that by the 2021 school year they will have enough full-time librarians 
to provide full-time librarians at every secondary school campus five days a week. And for counselors, uh, they will hire 17 additional counselors, allowing the district to maintain a counseling service ratio of 500 to 1 per secondary school. Yeah, <laughs> that. There's a lot to say about that one. Um, the but I mean, nurse- it seems like the nursing, you got the nurses. Yes, we did. It the I guess the frustrating part is more so of who gets the nurses and when because they're going to be hiring 150 next year, and then they'll be hiring 150 the following year. There is the question of, okay, is that going to be enough nurses? One. Uh, Two, they did not increase or talk about an increase in nurses' pay. Uh, So there is now, now we're coming into a new kind of beast, I guess you could say, of Will we be able to find nurses that want to work at a school for less pay when they could be doing similar work at a hospital for more pay and more benefits? So you are hitting now that snag, which was talked about briefly, but we were thinking in negotiations, we might be able to work out a a higher nursing salary to kind of bring more nurses to LUSD once these positions open up. So now we're hitting that. Um, So we are glad we got nurses, but it's also, okay, when and who. Um, And then with the librarians, that was probably the most frustrating thing for me as an elementary school teacher to read, because reading starts in elementary school. Reading is critical in elementary school, and we don't have access to our library every week, yet we don't get a librarian. I don't understand why we, as an elementary school don't get to have library services consistently through the school year. So not only are we still limiting literary services to our elementary students, uh, we're not even mentioned as a possibility for the future to get library services. Um, In terms of the counselors, uh, I know a lot of counselors that are very upset by, by that 500 to one. That's a huge case workload. And in LAUSD, um, we have a, roughly 28% of our students are at risk of traumatic stress. So keeping that number in mind and then keeping a counselor with a 500 to one caseload, that's a lot of students that might slip right through the cracks. That's a lot of students that might not graduate. That's a lot of students that might have, uh, that might be at a potential risk for suicide and no one will catch it. So there's a lot of issues with that. And on top of that, School psychologists were not even mentioned, so they do not have a caseload cap anymore. They are very frustrated and worried that their caseloads will now skyrocket because there's no cap laid out in the contract. Now, what's really interesting is that on page one of this agreement is a section covering community schools. This was not largely at the forefront of what the teacher's grievances were. So can you talk a bit about what this is about community schools, saying that there's gonna de- that they will designate 20 community schools by June of 2019, and then an additional 10 by June of 2020? Why does that matter? Uh, so community schools are uh, this kind of idea that if you involve the community around you in the school, then the um, 
the, the community will grow with the school. So this idea of community schools is that you have family engagement, you have a food bank and a food program on site. There is, um, I guess you could call it like a strategic attendance program, like basically ways to help ensure that kids are attending the school they should be attending. Uh, you get many uh, different types of highly qualified teachers involved in this school. There's multiple types of enrichment programs. There's um, nutrition programs, which LAUSD already um, provides, but it'll be at this community school as well. There'll be um, uh, academic support programs to help students as well as the community move forward in their academic career paths. There's also would be health programs involved to help the community. So just physical and behavioral health programs and as well as tutoring and mentoring. So it's kind of this idea of engaging the community on a um, cultural level as well as a, as like right where they're at. So rather than like saying, oh, go here for the food bank, um, the food bank will be there rather than saying like, oh, you need to go there to get this tutoring program, the tutoring program will be there. So the idea of community schools is that everything for the community is on one site, including their own child's education. So it's this idea that we could really make something the central of an area and that the whole area will grow and thrive because of that location. So yeah, there wasn't a lot of talk about that. And it's, it's, it is a little bit of a, you know, let's see if this works kind of thing. That's why it's just kind of mentioned more as a, a pilot per se, I guess you could say. Um, I, I think it's a great idea. Um, I wish it was talked about a little bit more before it was put in the contract. I know it was talked about it, but it definitely wasn't like, we're going to, you know, go for those community schools and get more community schools. And in this yeah. contract, it was kind of like, oh, oh, okay, we got that. Oh, great. <laughs> so, so it's a really great concept. I know there are a few, there's a community schools already existing. So it's like when you buy French fries and you find the one onion ring in there and you're like, oh, hey, bonus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how it was. It was like, I remember when they announced it too, everyone was like, oh, woo, yeah, great. <laughs> like, it was like, oh, cool. That's great that we got that. You know, so it's a really great idea. It's a really great concept. I know there are a few uh, thriving community schools already in LAUSD. So um, so overall, like, it's a great idea. Um, and I, that's, you know, that's a, a great thing that might come out of this, you know? So we'll have to kind of look and see what schools they've chosen to be those community schools and see what happens with that. So one last thing here then, uh, testing. That was another big thing. The language here says, beginning in the 2019-2020 school year, a joint UTLA-LAUSD committee will be created and tasked with identifying all district assessments. The committee will develop a plan to reduce the amount of assessments by 50%. And that's all it says. Yeah, that is all it says. And it doesn't really specify how the committees will be formed. It doesn't necessarily even specify how it'll... By when. Yeah, like by when or even how it'll be done because we have sub-districts here. So is it going to be, you know, is it going to be my district decides and then the other district decides on their end? Or is this going to be an actual LAUSD committee and they tell all the smaller districts, all right, this is the testing we've chosen to do. Don't worry about the 50% other tests. And, you know, and then there's also just the language around it. You know, is, 
can we make sure this is going to get done? Or is this something that they're going to put off later and say, oh, we don't have money to form that committee now. So there's, there is that concern of it's not, it's not straightforward. It's not saying by this time, like you mentioned, and it's not saying that this is a done deal. It's, you know, that, that word tentative at the top that kind of goes with all of this on here. It feels like it's like, all of this is tentative. We don't really know. You know, that's how you feel with a lot of it as you read through it. So, okay. So now let's, let's look at the bigger picture. Do you feel as a teacher that you got the deal that you needed to get in order to stop striking? Personally, I do not. I, I personally, I will say I voted no. Um, I know some people aren't comfortable saying how they voted, but I'm comfortable with it because it, it wasn't enough time. I would much rather go back to the contract we had before we um, started striking personally. Um, the only, Why? Uh, just because in that they, they had a lot more language on the, on the class size reduction. They had a lot more language involving counselors and psychologists. They, they were actually have true. They actually started having discussions about special ed then you read the contract, there was, there was very little done to special ed and, and they actually increased the class size of the autism classes. Now it's at 10 and instead I believe it was at eight. So there was a lot of, for me personally, I want to say there was a lot of harm done in terms of acknowledging our special ed groups and acknowledging our counselors. And in the previous contract, they, um, they had, a. And I don't want to say contract, I guess a deal, because it wasn't a contract per se yet. Um, but in the, you know, in the previous deal, they had, like you said, it was to reduce it by two students uh, rather than one for the next four years. And there was a there was just, it just felt like we we went on strike and we lost things instead of gaining more. Um, the only thing I really felt we truly gained was the section 1.5. And everyone was saying, well, that's historic. And it was like, but I feel like personally, I do feel that education is constantly just accepting the crumbs. And we have just, it definitely feels with this contract, we accepted the crumbs. We know we got a nice, good little piece of the cookie with that section 1.5. And then everything else is like just smushed in little crumbs on the floor that was like, well, here you go. Here's some other things to, to pacify you so you can go back to your schools. Um, so personally, I would like to keep striking financially. That's hard for me as well for many other teachers. I know that, but I also just gave up a third of my February paycheck for what feels like very, very little. And you're not the only person that at least I've spoken to, to vocalize these opinions. Frankly, I was shocked given how many people I've spoken to that said that they felt that this agreement was, you know, a big nothing burger. Uh, I was shocked when UTLA came out and said that they had a su- overwhelming, quote, overwhelming supermajority of at least 80% voting yes on this. Um, because again, I, I hadn't met a single person that voted yes. And it's not that I had spoken to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, uh, spoken to maybe a dozen or so, yeah. but surprising to me. Uh, how do you feel? knowing that you voted no, that that's out there, that a super majority of your constituents. It's, 
honestly, it's, it's a hard for me to believe that it's a supermajority. And I don't want to be that weird person that questions things, but <laughs> conspiratorial. yeah, no, for real. And I'm not trying to be like conspiratorial, but I will say that UTLA put out very adamantly, as you mentioned previously, vote yes. They put on their Facebook site six hours before we even voted that we aren't striking anymore um, in no less words, that we have a, made a historic uh, breakthrough. Uh, the mayor basically said that in his speech, take it or leave it in a way. So it felt very much like our vote didn't quite matter, that no matter what the vote went in as, there was definitely this impression by the t- when we read the contract and then looked back at the events that had occurred from, I believe it was like 1030 on, that it was a setup for us to be forced to end the strike. Uh, whatever political things were in the making, whatever discussions happened behind those closed doors, it was enough to make UTLA put this out there and force teachers to basically make a decision that they didn't have time to fully process. And maybe it is a majority, yes, but same thing on my end, talking to the multiple teachers I've talked to throughout LAUSD, and once again, it wasn't thousands. It was, you know, about a dozen or so as well. But a lot of them have told me how their sites voted. And a lot of them have told me how they voted. And a good chunk of them, it was either a majority no at their site or it was practically split down the middle. So that doesn't feel like from that, you know, small pool of data, like that doesn't feel like it is a majority yes. That definitely feels like even if it was mostly yes, it was definitely, there was a lot of frustrated no's in the making that they're not talking about. And they haven't actually even finished counting all the ballots. And that sounds so much like, you know, our previous voting system nationwide. But, you know, it's true. They actually have not finished counting all the ballots they're just, they're kind of just putting out numbers right now of like, no, this is where we're at. Oh, this is what it is, you know? And it definitely just felt like a ploy to get us back in the classroom. So LAUSD couldn't lose any more money. And the LAUSD's brother is going to be in charge of recounting the votes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So, so here's a challenging question. Uh, One of my last challenging questions for you, and then I promise I'll let you go because you've been teaching all day and striking all week and you deserve a break. And I appreciate you coming on the show. We have Alex Caputo Pearl showing up on Friday on television uh, on Bill Maher's show to get a standing ovation. You have Superintendent Austin Butner being photographed on Friday night, or maybe it was Saturday at, uh, a high-end restaurant in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Does it feel to you like the people who are in power and making these decisions had your best interest at heart? Or do you feel that they were making decisions on on a plane that was totally different from all of the teachers and administrators that it involved? It feels that way now, the latter part. Uh, because of yesterday. Up until yesterday, I I truly believed that the UTLA leadership had our best interests in mind at the bargaining table, were truly fighting for the best they can get. And for me, 
personally, I know there's a lot of things that happen politically within closed doors. I would have appreciated Alex to have come out to us and have just said what it is that is going on and why. Yeah, you had radio silence for like a day and a half, yeah, right? You he, didn't hear anything going on. And which makes many of us wonder what was said. So they're, they're very much, we would have appreciated time to vote, time to go through the contract, basically given us a day to really digest this. Because this contract, if you actually look through the full contract, the dates on there were um, Monday's dates. So, you know, I'm assuming, I could be completely wrong, but I am assuming that this contract was actually done and sealed, ready to be put out to us Monday night. So the fact that they didn't put it at us, didn't give it to us Monday night, instead waited for the mayor until 1030 to kind of put it out there and then didn't actually put it up on the UTLA site until 1230 was very underhanded and just felt, it just felt wrong. Everything about that setup felt wrong. So up until yesterday, I really did believe the best interests were the teachers, the students, like that was at the forefront of everyone's mind on the UTLA side. Uh, Based on how they handled that, very much it felt like something was said politically that was like, we can't do this yet, or, you know, we're going to be doing something else, or, you know, like something was said, and it would have been more respectful to us 30 plus, 30,000 plus teachers to have come out and said it to us and said, here's the contract you decide now instead of very underhandingly make it so we really didn't have a lot of hand in the decision-making process. Yeah, I don't think you are uh, being a crazy conspiracy lady (laughs) or anything like that. I've, you know, I've actually had my own personal interactions with uh, UTLA officials uh, a couple of years ago. Maybe I'll talk about it on another mini pod, but it was, it was, it was, bizarre let's just say that Mm -hmm. it was very cloak and dagger and very bizarre Mm -hmm. so uh i can only imagine how you must be feeling right now here's my big final question that i'll get you out on the thing that struck me the most about this entire ordeal and how it ended is that these agreements are retroactively talking about things that happened or that started years ago because you were so behind on your contract negotiations, but your next contract negotiations begin in 2020. Yep. Do you see this happening all over again? Um, I think it could. I don't know how much UTLA will support that. What I think came out of this movement the most is teachers for I think the first time in a long time in LA felt the support of the community around them. Uh, We hadn't been feeling it a lot, especially the teachers who have been here for many, many years in LAUSD. So to come out on strike and then see the support of the community really surround us and come with us was really empowering. And my hope, I guess you can say, is that this empowerment continues so that if it does come time next year to where we have to strike, we do. Um, 
whether UTLA approves it or not, because I'm not quite sure about them, you know, as much anymore. Uh, it's... Oh, viva la revolution. Yeah, right, all right. So, it, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be interesting to see the student reaction, actually, as well. I'm, I'm very much curious because we, the students developed a very strong body of support within themselves um, through, uh, uh, LA students deserve, I think is their, their Instagram. And they were, they were some of the lead speakers at some of our rallies. They were the ones really empowering high school students to be a voice. And I know when they see this contract and break it down themselves, I know a lot of them are not going to be very happy with this, especially with, um, the, the lack of, of including them in it because one of the big things they were crying out for was no more random searches in our high schools because they only do them in our minority high schools. They only do them at minority students. It's very discriminatory. It's very racist really. And they were crying out for that to stop. And instead what we got was this tiny little pilot program for, I think it was like 18 something schools to just stop random searches and let's see how it works. That's not good enough. And and the fact that UTLA really didn't have their back really is going to empower them. And I hope also empower some of our teachers, including myself, to start stepping it up. And we might need to go beyond the union to get some of these things done that we need. So we may, you know, we may go on strike. But I think the biggest thing that teachers have realized is that we are empowered and we can keep fighting for these things. And there might, there might be other ways we need to fight for it, though. There are other strikes potentially coming down the pipeline in California, even Northern California. What advice do you have for those districts, for those teachers who might go on strike and face the big beast of a district and potentially the state? Uh, Definitely get your community involved. Make sure before you go on strike, you have talked to parents, uh, the community around you knows what's going on because the district no matter what kind of district they say they are, the district will try very much to make your strike seem not, not uh, important, I guess is the best way to say it. They'll make it seem like you are just greedy or that you just want this. Make sure that everyone in your community knows what you are striking for and why. Make sure that you are doing phone calls. Make sure that you are reaching out to parents at your school sites uh, make sure that you're talking to your students about it, especially in the middle school and high schools. Students want to be involved in these things, and I think we're doing them a disservice by not talking about these things in the classroom. They want to support our teachers. They want to support us. They do actually care about us. So giving our students the opportunity, our parents the opportunity, and the communities the opportunity to show how much they do care about education is really the best way you can build your momentum and show uh, that you are not just a educate are not just a district going on strike, but you are a community going on strike and saying we want something better for everyone. And so that's that's really the biggest advice that I have. As well as you know, if they say we're going to do it behind closed doors, definitely tell them don't do that. <laughs> like I would definitely say like. Um, no, we want our negotiations open and, and make sure you include that in your strike. <laughs> so, Well, listen, I really appreciate you 
coming on the show, not once, but twice to share your views on what has been going on. Uh, it sounds like for you and many teachers like you, even though this strike has officially ended, this fight is not over by a long shot. And, uh, you know, we will continue to support you in doing what you believe is best for kids. And, uh, yeah, just keep on keeping on. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me again. It was, it was really great to kind of talk about the aftermath of it all. Okay, that is our show. I want to thank my very special guest, Amanda Tooley. You can follow her on Instagram at Growing with Mrs. T. Really, just tremendous insights from her and all of the LA Unified teachers that have come on this show, or all the LA Unified teachers and parents who reached out to me over the last week and a half or so. Really appreciate the support and the feedback and the contributions you have made to this conversation. Next week, we will go back to our normally scheduled shows. Uh, Ironically enough, I have an assistant superintendent coming on the show next week. This episode was recorded before the LA Unified strike, so we didn't talk about that, but it's still a good interview, and highly recommend that you check it out next week. We will be back to our normally scheduled routine of our normal episodes, followed by our mini-pods. I do have one more mini-pod in me about this strike, but it's going to approach it from an angle that you are not going to expect. So stay tuned for that coming out in the next week or so. Until then, pod class dismissed.